0: Thank you. And welcome or welcome back to scottish scared i am stephanie and before we get into it if you guys listening have ever had any strange or unusual experiences or have any requests for future episodes please email them over to us at scottishandscared at gmail.com you can also follow us on instagram at scared pod and if you wouldn't mind please rate review and share wherever you may be listening thank you guys it really i really really appreciate it and it really does help us what a freaking week it has been my laptop literally said, I have had enough of your bullshit, I'm taking the week off, and that is exactly what it did. But it is all fixed now, and it is ready to go. So hopefully we can get on with what I had planned for last week. Uh, I was planning on uploading two episodes last week, I only managed to get one, because this piece of shit decided, no, 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 things aren't going to going to your plan this time, no, no, no. Uh, In the last episode, I briefly told you about my cousin who had just dropped this surprise story on me about her family tree. I will be covering that story in a separate episode, which I had recorded last week, and this little piece of shit decided to delete it. So that's fine. I re-recorded it, and that should be up around the same time as this one. I thought I would just upload two. Apart from that, there has literally been nothing to catch you up on. All people seem to be talking about right now is Christmas and for the first time in about 10 years, I am actually looking forward to it. Kind of being on your own and... Obviously, we're not in lockdown anymore, but just being on your own in general, uh, working from home, not being able to socialise, the actual thought of being able to sit in a room with more than three people and have like a good time and play games and drink and stuff like that honestly it means the absolute world to me right now and I'm sure that a lot of people listening are the same I do feel kind of bad for people that don't have a bad a big family or you know they're not going to have that big family Christmas that we all that we that we used to have obviously everything's going to be a bit different this year but if you know someone out there if you know someone out there who's going to be on their own or they don't have any family or friends even just pop in To say hello or knock on their door just to make sure they're okay. I know that at this time of year, like, family's kind of the most important thing. Everybody wants to be around friends and family. So, I think it would help someone just to have someone knock on their door. Or drop them a message or a phone call just to see how they are. See how they're getting on. I kind of used to be a lone wolf. Uh, I kind of love being by myself, being on my own. I'm one of those weirdos that likes my own company. But now, it's like literally the worst thing that's ever happened to me but I hope that everyone is well and I hope that you all have a good week ahead. Of you. For today's episode we are covering a subject that we have done here before where we discussed three or four creatures that are found in Scottish folklore and when researching that I did find a list as long as my arm of the wonderful and the absolutely fucking terrifying things that are said to reside here in my homeland. I actually didn't realise this until Like, I feel started writing out the episode. But all of the things that I'm going to speak about today, they all have a big connection to the ocean. And I think that there was a few things in the other episode that I did regarding this that were related to the sea. I know that the knuckle of E was connected to the water. And obviously the kelpies, they were majorly uh, inspired by being near the water or in the ocean. So then I was kind of like, why what is the big fascination with the ocean but then I was like well Steph technically Scotland is surrounded by the ocean it's kind of because I live in the central belt and I'm in the city I am absolutely nowhere near ocean water any of that so I do tend to forget that the ocean is pretty much everywhere also the kind of time period that these stories like folklore myths all these kind of superstitions kind of originate from Obviously, the ocean and water was a massive part of daily life. Watering crops, you know, drinking water. These people actually literally had to go to a body of water, a stream of the ocean. So, when I actually looked into that, it made a lot of sense. So, let's stop blabbering on and get into them. First up on our list, we have the Ben Nye. Now, the actual word Ben Nye is Gaelic. And it is Gaelic for washer woman and this spirit is known to take the form of a female. Side note how cool would it have been to learn Gaelic at school? Like if all the Scottish people listen? Like we like I learned French. I don't know about you, I think my brother learned Italian. No Italian I think No my sister learned Italian and I think my brother learned German. Now, I wouldn't mind learning German or Italian, but French, I have never used it in my entire 26 years, and I've also been to France, and let me tell you something, I will never be going back, so in my eyes, it is just completely useless knowledge, and I think that um, some people say that Gaelic's a dead language, but I'm not sure, I, I, like, is there not a lot of people that speak Gaelic in Scotland? I thought there were people that spoke Gaelic in Scotland, so technically it's not a dead language. But I might be wrong. I might be wrong. But anyway, I think it would be very cool to be able to understand and read Gaelic. Anywho, as I said, these spirits do take on the form of a female. Their appearance does kind of vary from place to place, but overall they are known to have abnormally long breasts that would tend to get in their way. So to prevent this, they would kind of swing them over their shoulders and let them hang down their back. That kind of sounds like, uh, never mind. Some say she resembled a small, rotund child and seems to be dressed on all green. Seeing this spirit was to be an omen of death. She would be found near small streams or bodies of water, washing bloody clothing with the rocks on the water's edge. Now the clothes that she was washing were said to be that of the person who was about to die. The origin of this spirit is actually quite tragic. It was believed that these were the spirits of the women who had died during childbirth. If the bloody clothes of the women were fully cleaned after death, her spirit could move uh, and just be at peace. But if not, her spirit would have to carry out these after her death, hence why they are seen At the water washing clothes her powers are kind of similar a genie where if you managed to approach her from behind without disturbing her take hold of one of her breasts and put it in your mouth and claim to be her foster child she would bestow some magical wonderful knowledge on you about anything that your wee heart desired or in some cases she would grant you three wishes you are even allowed to ask who the clothes that she is washing belong to and if they were your clothes or someone you knew you could request that she stop and in turn that person would probably go into live. Equally, if it was the clothes of an enemy, you could ask her to continue. Now, I don't know about you. But if she told me that it was maybe some of my neighbours, you know. Maybe that bitch from the corner shop. Maybe I don't know. That weirdo that looks so really strange when I'm out in my pyjamas putting the bins out. Maybe I would say, you know what, Ben, I crack on. There were even tales of people trying to capture her, obviously. And if successful, you were able to ask her any question you desired and she would have to answer the question truthfully. But she would also ask you a question in return, which you would be required to also answer truthfully. If you were not found to be answering dishonestly, then that's it you're done you're over no more questions she's also sometimes described as the scottish version of a banshee now as far as my knowledge goes a banshee is kind of i'm sure it originates in ireland and it is the spirit of a woman who can be heard kind of wailing or um screaming howling and um if you at night and if you hear this screaming wailing noise it is said to be an omen of your death so she is known to be the scottish version of that because she can sometimes be heard letting out a mournful wail or scream and that's kind of what lures people in so and that's kind of what the kelpies do as well i'm sure that they lay out like they kind of mimic the scream of a struggling woman or a child and obviously if a good person is in the area they are going to go running thinking that there's somebody struggling and needing help and find that there is a water horse there who wants to eat you so you know I would strongly recommend that if you are ever walking out here in Scotland and hear some sort of woman crying by a stream or a pond I would strongly suggest that you close your eyes so you don't see it do a 360 and run in the other direction but then imagine you did that and it was actually somebody who was needing help Right, okay, i to retract that. Maybe get a wee bit close. Try and sneak a peek to see what it is. Just a wee glance through a tree branch. And if you see anything other than a struggling child or a woman, run. on a man. Run in the other direction. Close your eyes. Run, 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 run. Just keep running. Who knew that the Scottish wilderness could be so treacherous? Up next, we have the blue men of Minch. Or as they are sometimes known, the storm kelpies. These creatures are said to inhabit the stretch of water that runs between mainland Scotland and the northern Outer Hebrides. This stretch is also known as the Stream of Blue Men because it is inhabited by these creatures. Uh, They are said to have a very human-like appearance with a strong physique and grey skin. They also have green beards and hair. Weird. And have abnormally long arms that they stretch out above the surface of the water. They have been known to attack weary sailors who find themselves on the stretch of water and as they have the power to change the weather, they can make it extremely dangerous and treacherous for anyone who is sailing on these waters. Apparently the only way to appease them is to travel the waters correctly and I don't know what that means. Does that just mean A to B, no fifth faffing? Fifth faffing? What? Faffing? No faffing. No messing about. No carry on. Just A to B. That's kind of like what Auntie Betty used to say, like, see when she was taking me and my cousin to like deep sea world or like the park she would be like right we're getting in the car no faffing no carry it's always no carry on but as always children carry on and we would most definitely uh, carry on actually resulted in my cousin being slapped in the face with a bottle one time to clarify my aunties never hit us or anything like that but we were actually traveling to deep sea world funnily enough to a area of water and we, I was in the front of the car and she we were actually, we were really young. I think we were about 11, 12. I was in the front of the car, she was in the back of the car with my auntie and we were driving to Deep Sea World which is in Queens Ferry, which is like over a big bridge, there's loads of water. I see that, I mean there's this connection at water and obviously none of you know my, my auntie and uncle but when they're driving they get really flustered if it's like in an area where they don't know and there's like lots of directions to it follow they get really really flustered and they get like heated and then they start arguing so I was in the front she was in the back which made it even worse and my aunt was kind of trying to direct my uncle and it was just getting a bit much I was getting a bit heated so while they were trying to figure out the directions and what area we were going to and stuff my cousin was in the back Shannon who y'all know and she's singing, babushka, babushka. But she, every time she sang it, she got louder and louder. And it was just one of these situations where you knew that something was about to bubble over, and something bad was about to happen. So she literally just went, babushka, babushka, like really loud. And man just flipped. My aunt just kind of swung her, her hand back, obviously not expecting to hit her. But she had a bottle in her hand and she <laughs> smacked her in the face with a bottle. Oh, memories. Memories. Anyway... <laughs> back to the subject at hand the other way of appeasing these guys which I just found to be so hilarious that the picture that I painted in my head if you're traveling on these waters and you happen in some way to piss off these blue men and they confront you the only way to appease them or have safe passage is to engage them in a rhyming battle Ensuring that you're the last, you have like the last word. Now I don't know about you, but a rhyming battle that kind of sounds like a rap battle to me. Now just think of that in your head. Picture it. Picture it. This boat or ship in the middle of the the ocean with these weird blue men with green beards and green hair, just like, and these professional sailors and captains having a rap battle in the middle of the ocean can you imagine, can you imagine and you had to win, that's the only way to win, another thing, if you are on a ship with say 50, 60 people on it and you are travelling in this stretch of water and you happen to engage in this rap battle, if you win, it is only you that wins, so if you have 40 people on your boat, 20 people, whatever, you're Crew don't get a pass, it's just you that gets the pass. So you would literally have to be like, Oh, okay, see ya, and leave your 40 crew to just 40 man crew to just sink into the depths and die. So, uh, that's that's lovely. Another thing that I found really interesting about these guys is that they're actually mentioned within the tradition of Samhain if you don't know what Samhain is it's a a Celtic or Gaelic celebration that took place at the end of harvest and it's kind of what modern day Halloween is descended from if that's the right word if you look into Samhain tradition and you look into modern day Halloween you will see a lot of similarities that is because modern day Halloween as most things are kind of started here uh and you know like Scotland Ireland that kind of Location as Samhain, and it's kind of just mutated, and then obviously, in these days, it's completely commercialized, it's kind of lost all meaning and tradition. Uh, I did look into Samhain a long time ago, and my family we kind of try to tap into that as much as possible. There's a lot of like Samhain traditions that we kind of try to do at Halloween just because we like traditions and we like that, we like our heritage, and we like to do. The stuff that they did there's also a lot of things at christmas that we do like we burn cedar and stuff for yule we don't really celebrate christmas we, we celebrate yule but well, in my house anyway because i just find it more i don't know i just find it more satisfying than all the like santa claus snowmen, commercialized rubbish so the tradition that took place in Sawin regarding the blue men was that the village would go to the beach near their village and they would burn candles by the water. They would then pour some sort of ale, alcohol, beer into the water. And this was kind of like a tribute to encourage the blue men to leave seaweed on the beach as fertilizer, which they would then obviously use for their crops and such. And I just thought that was really, really cool that they're like mentioned within like an actual celebration festival that took place here in scotland uh and it was taken serious it was taken actually quite seriously because a lot of these folklore stories are just like word of mouth or like rumor that kind of just like passes between people it's not some of them like aren't taken very seriously it's just like a story that people tell but because this is actually involved in like an actual celebration i find that i actually find that pretty cool and they they like some beer so i mean you know There are some stories that mention these creatures. Uh, One of them is from the book Wonder Tales from Scottish Myth and Legend, which was published in 1917. And it goes like this. The Strait, which lies between the island on Lewis and the Shant Isles, I hope I'm saying that correctly, is called the Sea Stream of the Blue Men. They are of human size and they have great strength. By day and by night they swim around and between the Shant Isles and the sea there is never at rest. The blue men wear blue caps and grey faces which appear above the waves that they raise with their long, restless arms. In summer weather, they skim lightly below the surface, but when the wind is high, they revel in the storm and swim with heads erect, splashing the waters with mad delight. Sometimes they are seen floating from the waist out to sea and sometimes turning round like porpoises when they dive. So these guys love a bit of rain, love love a bit of a storm. There is also a story in the book Superstitions of the Highlands which was published in 1900 by John Gregerson Campbell and he states that there were blue coloured men with long grey faces that followed boats slowly on the water never quite within reach. So overall the blue men seem to be pretty harmless unless you're as I said, faffing about on the water and they're not best pleased, then they're going to make life a bit difficult for you and you might have to engage in a rap battle. So, if you're ever in this area on that water, scrub up on your rap, okay? Because you never know. And honestly, I have trypophobia, which is nothing related to this story, right? But see the image of like these creatures and their restless arms, like just moving under the surface of the water, that's like making the water wavy and like disruptive that that triggers me really, really badly. Again, another side note. But overall, if you're ever in the area, leave them be, just go from A to B, and you'll be absolutely fine. And finally, we have the Selkies. Not to be confused with the Kelpies. Now, I have actually heard about the Selkies before, because when I was in high school, I studied the book A Stranger Came Ashore by Molly Hunter. Uh, and this book's kind of set in the Shetlands, area and the whole concept of the book revolves around selkies but I always just thought that this was just kind of like a fictional concept that was made up by the writer. No no my friends the selkies are talked about in folklore originating from the northern isles of Scotland such as Orkney and Shetland. These creatures are known to take the shape of a seal while they're in the water but when they are on land they shed their seal skin and transform into the shape of a human. Now very important these selkies are not like a hybrid between a seal and a human they are separate so when i was looking into this i seen some depictions of selkies that were kind of like a mermaid but instead of a mermaid tail it was kind of like a seal tail that is not what a selkie is a selkie is a seal in the water and when they are on land the seal skin comes off and they are completely human there's no in between there's the selkie version that Sorry, the seal version and the human the human form. There's no mixy-matching of the two. Although there are some stories which disagree that they were able to transform at will and that they were actually the carriers of condemned souls. So a lot of people believed that they were, you know, malevolent and that they came ashore looking for people to take back into the ocean, drown them, eat them probably. They believed that they were... Uh, the souls of human beings who had been very sinful during their life or you know got involved in things that were particularly bad and that was kind of their punishment they were reincarnated into the body of a seal that was able to transform into a human and they just came ashore to wreak havoc and drown people that's kind of there's like two sides to these stories I actually couldn't find a lot of the malevolent side there were a few mentions of it but for the most part they're not terrible creatures I wouldn't say they're bad but they're not overly good so while they're in their human form both male and female they are said to be extremely attractive and that is how they're easily able to seduce their human counterparts so if you look into Selkies, there are a few different stories, as I said, but the main folktale that seems to just pop up over and over and over again, it's the same story, but it's one of those ones where it's the same its the same structure, the same bones of the story, but a few details change here and there. But the main basis of this story is that of a man who was on the beach and he, there must have been like a woman, a female Selkie who was ashore and she shed her seal skin, leaving it on the beach. And this man found it and stole it. Which means this silky woman could not transform back into her seal form. And she kind of was just stuck on the beach. So this man, he approached her. And she was just found there naked on the beach. Kind of bewildered, had no idea what was going on. And for some reason this man was able to convince this woman to become his wife. So she married him. And she went back to his home, lived in his house and he kind of kept the seal skin from her, hid it somewhere, she had no idea what it was. And this woman was said to be, you know, sad because her real home is in the ocean. And she would sit at the window and stare off into the ocean with longing eyes, really upset and sad, just longing to be back in the ocean. She also went on to bear children for this man. So even though she had a family. uh, And she was supposedly in a loving home. She still just longed for the ocean. So one day she managed to find her seal skin that the man had been hiding from her and just like that, she completely abandoned her family and went back to the ocean. No goodbyes, no see you later. She was out, she dipped, she was gone. So whether this guy was just a complete piece of shit and she just was like, I've had enough or maybe she'd already had a family of her own kind, you know, a husband, children, that she just wanted to take it back to. So she dipped and that's the story, but there's also a child-friendly story that of this same story, which kind of goes like, she dipped, but she would come back every so often to visit her children and visit her husband. I don't think that's what happened. I think she was out and that was it, gone. Which is pretty sad for kids, but, you know, whatever. You do you. Now, there are also stories... See, this is the confusing bit. I couldn't actually find, like, a reason why keys like came ashore in the first place like there's no overall motive or reasoning there are a lot of stories of back in the times that these stories and folklore come from seals are extremely prevalent in those parts of scotland so back in those days seal blubber was obviously very sought after to make clothes and you know other things so there are a lot of stories of uh, sailors and the people from villages going out and slaughtering seals to get uh, this blubber and you know the Selkie folk would come ashore <laughs> in revenge for these things but there's no like it, there's no real motive to why they would even come ashore but there is like an overall there's a lot of talks about Selkie and human relationships and stuff like that so there are a lot of stories of Selkie folk coming ashore to find love with a human being uh, they would kind of come ashore meet someone fall in love live with them, build a family, have like a very wholesome loving life. And then they would just return to the ocean. Returning like every so often they visit their families and their human counterparts. And there were also stories of human partners being able to kinda call them by shedding a certain amount of tears into the ocean. And this was kinda like a wee, like a calling for them. But this is where the legend of Selkie children comes from, where a child was born between a selkie and a human. These children were said to have webbed hands or feet. So, if you are from Northern Scotland and you have webbed feet or hands, you might just be the descendant of a selkie, which I think is pretty fucking cool. I know this type of creature isn't just native to Scotland. There is, there are other places in the world that speak a seal folk such as Iceland, so if that is something that you're interested in, go check out their stories. Well, that is all of them, and as you can see, they all seem to have a pretty strong connection to the sea or the water. I am going to be doing more of these episodes every so often, so just to try and give me a break from haunted castles and witches, because I seem to just, every time I look at something, it's either about witches or it is about a green lady that's in a castle, and although I absolutely love the all these stories, it gets a bit repetitive just talking about the same thing every week. So, if I'm feeling like that, I'm just going to break it up with talking about Scottish folklore and the creatures that we find in Scottish folklore. And there is just so much that you could talk about. The the list is endless. But next time I think I'm going to try and find some that are land creatures that live here on the land because I seem to be drawn more to the water ones for some reason. And I'm absolutely sure there is a plethora of them. And it's, I was actually saying this the other day, how weird would it be if all of these things that we find in like folklore and myths were real? Like, what if they're real and we're just so surrounded by, you know, rationality and people constantly trying to debunk people's stories and videos and pictures that we genuinely just miss them? Or we just don't believe in them anymore. So we just completely try to rationalise something rather than just taking it for faith value. Like, how many people have seen a Loch Ness Monster? Like, I know that's not folklore, but how many people have claimed to have seen the Loch Ness Monster? And because there was a few that were, like, they were fake, they weren't real, we kind of just dismiss every single site and every single video, every single photograph. And, I mean, I don't really know why I'm even saying that, because when we did our Loch Ness Monster episode, I firmly left that episode not believing in the Loch Ness Monster. But maybe, as I just said, like, there's just so much... So many people debunking shit, and there's so many people faking stuff that the people who are actually genuine and have real, like, experiences and, you know, evidence that we just... We just expect everything to be fake or, you know... And it's, like, also that I find... Sometimes, like, when you get TV programmes and stuff, it's, it's like, cheesy in the nicest way possible, so it's hard to take it seriously. But I just... I think that would be so... That I think it would be awesome if, like, all these things that we talk about in folklore are actually genuinely real and they are out there somewhere, but we just don't see them because we choose to just close our eyes to the reality of it, if that makes sense. But what would you do if you walked up on some of these creatures? Like, what would you do if you were... In the middle of the forest. Just enjoying your day. And you just heard this weird noise. And it was like this weird woman sitting at the side of the the river. With her boobs over her shoulders. Washing a bloody <laughs> thing. You would probably think that she was a crazy person. And you would run away. That's exactly what you would do. But I just. I always think like. Imagine if you walked up on this. Imagine if you, you seen this. What would you do? Like what would you do? Well you guys can let me know what you would do and let me know who you would tell, and would they believe you? Well, that's it for this one. Let me know which of these was your favourite, and if you've ever seen one, that would be interesting. And which do you? Pre- what, what, what are you drawn to? Do you prefer the sea one creatures, or do you, see, do you prefer the land creatures? Now, I don't know about you, but I am pretty terrified of the ocean, so reading about all this stuff is permanently make me never want to cross that barrier between land and sea ever again. But please let me know which is your favourite, the sea creatures or the land creatures. And that is all I've got for you guys. And I will most definitely see you in the next one. Bye, guys.